Alright. It'll do for now. It'll do for now. Is that what you just for now? Is that what you just told me? Yeah. Yeah. Too many noises coming out of my deal. Really unfortunate. Gotta hit DND. I gotta hit that DND. Um, that's fine. I did, yeah, you're right. I decided to uh, bring my couch to work today. Yeah, it's like you it have took, you have take a... take your kid to work day, and you have bring your couch. Why do you look so dark where you are? Did that change? Like, or what are you? I changed in, it a little bit. What are you in the shadows even more? Yeah, it was a bit bright. You like being in the shadows, is that what it is? I do. Yeah. I do. Helps with my tan. I do in I do live in the shadows. Yeah. Batman. So you I are was on a, born in the Where was I? You're on a couch now. I wasn't even gonna talk about it. I was just gonna Well you did. No, somebody in and the And I brought it up. Somebody in the comments said Bro, bro brought his couch to work. Uh-huh. And I think it's kind of something that's been missing on this show. <laughs> Is the next iteration of bed? No, I just... Huh? It, it was turning into work again, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think there's like an ebb and flow to it, which is healthy. You go, you go more worky, you go more chatty, you go more worky, you go more... You go back and forth, and it all depends. Yeah. Well, I'm stuck here. You got the couch because you have the option. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Do I have the option? It's up. Ultimately, it's up to them. It's up to the people. What you need is an ottoman as well. The people might kick me out of this chair. They might come in here and they be like, you? "Well, every time you anything, anything, some minor alteration, like if that was orange, they'd be like, it's just so much better before it was orange." Stupid orange. Yeah. Shows downhill since it was orange. Oh. And, and it's like, it's no different here. They'd be like, the show was so much more informative when it, when he was sitting in front in a, on a desk. Uh-huh. Now he's doing this. <laughs> but change is good. Well, I, I told you this before. Yeah. Where you go in and... Uh, and then you take your bed and you put on the other side of the room when you're like 12 years old. Your bed was over there and then it goes over to the other side of your bedroom and it's like, so, new room. Yeah, coolest thing. New room. Hey, want to come check out my new room? Friend comes over. You're like, look, new room. Yeah. They're like, I don't really notice. My bed was there. It's over there. Yeah. And so it's fresh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think that's cool. I think yeah. it's cool to rearrange things every so often. It's and good to experiment. Especially in this environment where it kind of is like a canvas almost. It's just a rectangle. Uh-huh. However, 600 feet below Earth's surface, just a rectangular. Mm-hmm. And so it really is altered significantly when like a piece of furniture changes or something. It's like, ooh, that's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's invigorating. It's almost like a it's almost like a tea tree oil shampoo. Um, yeah, 
I, I like when things move around because it's just like, oh, cool, that's there. It's a new perspective. Mm -hmm. It's kind of inspiring sometimes. Do you, do you ever rearrange stuff at your house? Yeah, all the time. We just got a new dinner table. What happened after to, like two years? What happened, by the way, to the the coffee maker that you brought here and then it vanished again? I was using that. Were you? Yeah. Did you oh, take it I back? I gave it to my sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was here for like. Dude, it was bitter. What, what, what was bitter? The coffee. It's strong. What do you mean? It, that's it, the, it was just really bitter for me. That's what know? the Nespresso thing is about. It's like okay. it's like kind of like an espresso. It's like very potent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The taste was off. So my sister wanted it and she took it. What do you mean the taste? The taste is not off. That's just what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I might be the only one, but no, you're not I tried it. You just don't like for it. For a long time. You just don't like espresso. Maybe. Have you ever had an espresso? I did, yeah. A little yeah, tiny did. espresso. Yeah, and yeah, what yeah. do you think when it happens? I don't know. For some reason. So the machine is the Nespresso. Yeah. And I, it was fine at the beginning. I used it for like a year. And then after a couple of months, it started getting more and more bitter. And I've, I've tried descaling it, tried, you know, cleaning it up, but still nothing. It's like the worst tasting coffee ever. I think you got bitter. It might be me. Yeah. I don't know. Cause my sister, it's like, she's like, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. You're, right. you're saying it's... I've had fine, plenty of so. Nespresso, and that's exactly what it's supposed to taste like. Okay. I think in the meantime, maybe you were having more mild coffee on the side, and then you went back to it, and you're like, whoa. Cause it's, maybe. It's, a, it's, it's Essentially, it's an espresso beverage maker. You can... What you, what you need to do if you want to have a more coffee-like experience is you run more hot water through it. Sure, sure. But those pods are tiny. It's a very concentrated coffee yeah. flavor. So if you're just having a regular size or a small portion, it actually kind of tastes and feels more like an espresso than it does like a drip coffee. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, in some parts of the world, that's all they drink, Will, that crazy bitter stuff. Yeah, people say it's a delicacy. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's just I don't like that coffee maker. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I like espresso. No, no, that's Don't fine. Get me wrong. But the part I'm focused on here is you brought it to the studio for, yeah. I don't know, like a week and a half. And well, my sister was looking for one. I know, I but like, I'm saying you here. teased me with it because I was using oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Because yeah. basically what was happening was it would be I would be in here after hours or something and I would need like an emergency coffee. Right. And I'd be right. like, oh, right. There's that. <laughs> Will brought that machine back. And I took it away. <laughs> but what is the what is the history of that machine, anyways? It was from the old studio, actually. But who, did we I, pay for it, or was it sent to us? I have no idea. It was just there. I think I just got crazy and bought it like ages ago. Yeah. Or oh, it was probably part of like a coffee comparison okay. machine comparison type of thing. Mm -hmm. That would be my guess. We're like, all right, let's put the Nespresso up against the whatever and. Uh, that's probably how we became owners of that thing. Yeah. Um, and But what I liked was it had the little drawer underneath where you put the little capsules in. That's I bought that separate. I like that little drawer. I yeah. thought that was a cool little drawer. Yeah, and it fit perfectly underneath the machine. 
So Yeah, so for those of you wondering, basically the way this works is this thing must have come in the studio at one point. It probably got used barely at all, like everything else. Yeah. Then Will's like, well, I'll use that. He's using it at home for how, what, for, for years? Like, yeah, for like at least two years. For two years? Yeah. Then he gets a new coffee maker at home, brings it back to the studio. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't know, maybe somebody will use it there. I start using it again two years like later. I probably made like four. Really? Four, at least four coffees oh, in there. Okay. And I had the little Columbia capsule, and I had the, uh, I had an Ethiopia capsule, and yeah, I bought those flavors. Yeah, so I was mixing it up, and then I came, and then I went to it one day, maybe like a few days ago, and I'm like, let me just, I need one right now, and I'm like, this thing is gone. <laughs> that was a short experience, and you have to oh understand. God, in the meantime, Will and I don't discuss anything, and I don't even know that it's Will that brought it back. I kind of assume the backstory uh-huh. but we don't even talk about it we don't really need to we're just like all right yeah, yeah. we just assume things come and go and that's kind of how it goes yeah things come and, and now go. you made it very apparent <laughs> well it, it was it could have been just as likely that i wouldn't even notice any of this probably nine uh-huh. times out of ten i wouldn't even notice any of this yeah i figured no one was using it i mean i asked mo and he doesn't use it he buys Timmy's coffee. I do all of the above. I kind of interact with all types of coffee. Oh, okay. Uh, like any form of coffee, if it's sitting there long enough, I sure, will probably sure. find it. Yeah. And that was kind of what was happening with that machine. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it is odd that we don't have a coffee situation around here, but you're right. It's people, too many people bringing the coffee already in here. Yeah. Well, you know what? We do have the K-Cup coffee machine. It's tucked in there. Yeah, but that's the, the worst form of coffee. <laughs> that is the very bottom barrel coffee. And I've done this taste test. I promise you, I've done it. Okay. The, the K-Cups. The Keurig, Keurig. The Keurig yeah, K-Cup coffee is the weakest. Now, I know their machines have gotten a little bit better, and there's some things you can do. Sure. And you now have more strength settings. But they, see, I'm on the other side of potency. I can pretty much take the most potent coffee, punch you in the face. Right. right. Like possible and if 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 i have a more like bold flavor that's the one i normally will select for even in even if it's uh bordering on bitter or whatever mm-hmm. so anyway a little coffee chat to start i am so much more comfortable dude i am not gonna lie to you okay uh, this is a Good. whole it's a whole different thing right now yeah Although I feel I have more access to you as well because this thing, this display moved a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. And now it's not blocking you. It's like I don't know if you're going to be comfortable with that. Well, your legs are spread. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just <laughs> I I'm noticing it. this dynamic right now. Yeah. Plus, you're in the shadows. It's a whole different thing going on. Uh huh. Yeah. But at least you're comfortable. Uh, let's That's just ask the let's just ask the chat real quick if. Yeah, I would never hurt the coffee, by the way. It's, it's a good call. Uh, if what Does Will need more light back there? Is this too crazy? Like, what? Is, this, is he allowed to get away with that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll bring it up. It's a work in progress. I just don't know if he's allowed. Anything that changes in this set is always going to be, you know, weeks of iteration. I just don't know if Will's allowed to get away with that. That's my thing. I'm it's not. a bit dark. Well, you can change it. The camera's right beside no, you. No, people love it. People say they're on dark mode. Okay. You're on dark mode, dude. Yeah. Black on black here. You're on dark mode. 
It's okay. It could be a little bit brighter, but it's okay. That's the consensus. Yeah. And it's all about iteration, you know? I love iteration. Yeah. Oh, boy. Do I have to change? No, you don't leave it. It's amazing. I see the frame. No, dude. Don't get carried away. Well, I want you to relax, man. Well, I know you're going to be moving. Oh, I'm moving and I am grooving. I haven't felt this good on Lou later in a long time okay because of this exact movement at this exact moment and this exact beat that you're playing right now which goes back to the earliest days of unbox therapy sure this beat right here earliest days of unbox therapy ah i like what's happening to the weather outside i like four seasons i like going through four seasons yeah the transition it's crazy what it does to you yeah. E emotionally, like if you're paying attention, mm -hmm. you go for a walk in this weather right now after coming out of what you just came out of and sure. going into what you're about to go into. Sure. It's, you know, place and time and the passage of time and everything is so evident and so beautiful. Yeah. Nature um, kind of growing. Dying. Yeah. Growing living dying breathing Dude, yesterday when it was really uh gloomy and wet it just reminded me of um iceland actually yeah you know um like in a particular experience i just remember that it was really cloudy at that time but it was amazing still but and then the transition of going to today where it's sunny and bright it's like hmm, not bad Okay. It helps you. It certainly helps you to appreciate the simpler things. Mm -hmm. And it's a shared experience. It's like everybody you know for a fact had that experience of like whatever that whatever that season was and then whatever that next season will be. Like everybody is collectively a part of that hype. Yeah. I mean, I, hype is maybe an extreme word to use, but I guess I mean that atmosphere. Especially in the same region. You know? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Not like California. It's always sunny there. Get a bit of rain. Well, and, I, and that's where I think the climate and the atmosphere and, and the energy is, a ref, is reflected, a reflection of those factors. Mm. And the things that come out of those places is a reflection of those factors. Mm -hmm. so they're, they're, the two things cannot be detached no but we get the full four seasons here in Ontario almost as extreme as you can do yeah, from one end to the, to, the, yeah. to the other you can get like stupid painful hot and stupid painful cold mm -hmm. and, and, then, and then the amazingness in between yeah which is Spring and fall, which are the good two. and good and bad. Spring and fall, which are actually funny enough, my two favorites living oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Spring and fall, because they're the most transitionary and they seem the the least definitive. Like they are the they to me are the most uh, evidently transitionary. That you 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 sense transition the fastest through those two seasons, spring and fall. Yeah, like oh, we're going somewhere. We're traveling. We're we're uh -huh. we're on a vehicle here. Uh huh. We're moving. We're 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 rotating. Yeah, 
were existing. A couple snow days and a couple hot days. Time is passing. Yeah. What do you want to do today, Will? Um, tech. Mostly tech, I think. Mo doesn't like spring. He says spring is ugh. 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 Um, Mo's irritated somewhere else. Where is he? Where is he hiding? He was there, and then he ran away. Yeah, he's in the back somewhere. He's hiding so that he can just message that spring is not good, according to him. Mm. What do you want to talk about today, Will? What do you got? Apple and TikTok. Apple and TikTok together? Yeah. Hmm. Apple is still a top spender on TikTok ads, despite growing controversy. I like that angle, Will. That's interesting. Well, I know TikTok is a big spender on YouTube. That's a funny one. Every time I have to set up a new Android phone, like when I'm making a video on it or something like that. Yeah. Um, I had the first video I click on on YouTube will be a TikTok ad 100% of the time. It used to be a Facebook ad. Now it's a TikTok ad. It's just so interesting that these other platforms are paying their competitors for potential access to their competitors' customers. Right, right. Knowing full well that, well, they'd love to have them. Mm-hmm. They'd love to have those customers on their platforms. And it's not unprecedented. You have, like, historically you would have uh, shows advertising on other TV channels. Like, hey, after you're done watching this, come watch this. Yeah. It's like, we, don't, we, we wouldn't mind having you either. Yeah, we've got some sponsors for other podcasts, too. We do? Yeah. Oh. I think we did, like, one for Kevin Hart or something. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, there's another example. But so Apple, on the other hand, well, they're, I don't know, are they mostly promoting their services or their products? Apple remains one of the top spending companies when it comes to TikTok ads, despite growing controversy about whether the app is a threat to U.S. national security. Separate report today reveals that the Chinese government engaged in an organized social media campaign to mock U.S. concerns about the app, accusing Congress of technical illiteracy, hypocrisy, and xenophobia. Chinese video shorts app TikTok has been facing increasing pressure around the world over two main fears, cybersecurity, obviously. Um, Earlier this month, Biden administration urged Congress to pass an act that would give the president power to ban apps like TikTok. We saw some of that transpire. We saw some of the lambasting going on. Some of the finger wagging. Yeah. You were there for that. However, Apple still spending some cash on TikTok. This is from the Financial Times. They name Apple one of the four biggest spenders when it comes to TikTok ads. Advertising on TikTok in the U.S. grew by 11% in March with companies including Pepsi, DoorDash, Amazon, and Apple among among the top spenders according to data from app analytics group Sensor Tower. I don't think anyone's responding in a panic or pulling advertising from their plans, but they are watching and waiting, making contingency plans in the case of a ban or a government action. Contingency plans, otherwise known as Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. Mm-hmm. Contingency, you have built-in contingency because guess what? There's no, there's obviously TikTok is extremely popular, but what do you think happens in the event of a ban? Well, you think you think there's really that much of an uproar, or you think people just move to other platforms as they have in other places where it's been banned? Moving on. Technology is way too fast for people to just be like, this is the line I'm going to stand on. I think they're just going to go to reels or shorts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and, and, and I also agree with you. I mean, it would be one thing if, there, if it was such a proprietary thing and it was so 
such a unique community. And I know this is the case that's being made, and I know the people pro uh, protesting and such, they go, TikTok is the place where this community exclusively lives. There is a community, though. But then I notice people who have tremendous success on, YouTube, on TikTok, and what do they do? They try to get on YouTube. Uh -huh. And they try to bring that success to Instagram and everything else. So, so long as the average successful content creator distributes themselves in all of these places and doesn't have exclusive deals, mm -hmm. it becomes very hard because ultimately it's those connections that matter to people. And if they feel like, okay, I can still have that connection elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And those people making those connections are willing to do that. And you're outside the realm of exclusivity deals. Maybe we'll see more exclusivity deals in the future. I don't know. Maybe that would change the way people feel about TikTok. Maybe TikTok right now should be spending massively on exclusivity deals so that all of a sudden the public gets in an uproar saying, well, I'm going to lose my guy completely or my girl completely. Mm -hmm. A bit of lobbying. You know what I'm saying? Like in the, in the case of Rogan with Spotify, they said, no, no, no he is Spotify. Yeah. Spotify is him. However, I've never seen more clips on YouTube. It doesn't seem to matter. Mm -hmm. where this exclusivity is. I know if you want to watch the whole show and everything else, but it really seems he's still everywhere. You're always everywhere these days. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for anything to be or remain exclusive. Uh, a report issued by a nonpartisan alliance for securing democracy monitored social media posts by Chinese state media and diplomats and found a huge increase in posts about TikTok with an aggressive tone. This is in line with that kind of conspiracy theory around some of those posts that you saw immediately after that Congress stuff was going on. Then you're like, wait a sec, uh, these politicians all of a sudden have TikTok accounts? Mm -hmm. What was it? Uh, AOC? It's like, AOC, yeah. Oh, this has 5 million views. The TikTok account that it's posted on is five minutes old. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm exaggerating here, but you just, the thing happens, it becomes the hot topic, and then all of a sudden all these other things fall into place very rapidly. And then never mind, I mean, this is obviously a separate thing, but they're tracking, like, what is Chinese state media saying about all this? And it, I think it should be pretty obvious what they would be saying about it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Galaxy S23 has lost 43.3% of its original value in just two months, whereas iPhone 14 manages to retain 69% of its value. This is according to the latest survey. I'm not surprised by this. This is, this is, this is exactly why, once upon a time, Will, I had... Um, a resale store centered around Apple products when I was a young lad. That was a business I had. And the reason being is because used Apple products retain their value extremely well. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is just sort of the, 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 the general feeling around the brand and the premium that's required to get into it. So then you got people looking for uh, for you stuff. And I guess, you know, what else it is, is it's long-term software support associated sure. with Apple's brand. They're like, uh, that's still current enough for me. Mm -hmm. You get people on extremely old iPhones and they, that's, that's good enough for them is what they say. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, in this case, you go head to head S23 versus iPhone 14, and you can see some of those differences, I guess, in this particular depreciation study, uh, pixel seven, it down 43%. One month? One month in? Oh, first two months. Wow. Yeah, they're basing it on the... I mean, I months. guess the majority of the depreciation is basically immediate. Of it's course. It's in yeah. that very early... It's just like a car. Just like a car. Yeah, it's just right... You just buy it, and then all of a sudden people... Uh, it's used from that point forward. So it's never going to be similar in value to the new one. 
In the case of the iPhone, after two months, it drops 31% in value. Pixel 7, even more than the Galaxy S23 at 45.9, and the S23 drops 43.3% in value. Um, and then the, you can get an even greater breakdown depending on variant. I guess you could find out which is the best investment if you do plan on kind of flipping these things and you're, you have you figured out your upgrade cycle and you're, you're into selling your old devices. Now, the other thing to mention is in many cases, these manufacturers now have their own buyback programs. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I don't know if they're basing this on that when they look at depreciation or are they looking at the general sort of marketplace and eBay and things like this? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the manufacturer themselves, if you hold on to it and wait for an upgrade, like that can sometimes work out better than selling it privately. The biggest loser, the one terabyte variant of the S23 Ultra lost over 52.7% of its value after two months. I mean, it's not what you want to hear, but I can't say I'm surprised. 50%, wow. Apple CEO Tim Cook shares his number one strategy for clearing his head. It's better than any other thing you could possibly do. Well, first of all, here's what you have to do, Will. You have to work at at, uh, Apple HQ because, like, look at where this man is standing. Yeah. You understand? Like, I'm, that clears your head in and of itself. He's just over there. It's just perfection. With the water fountain? Is that a water fountain? It looks like it, eh? The world's simplest water fountain. Yeah, maybe it is. Tetris. It's, an, invis- it's an invisible garbage can. Oh, wow. Okay. You, the, the garbage just <laughs> vanishes. You just pop it on the top, just uh-huh. gone. Futuristic. Yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a water fountain. Or maybe they're lights. They're lights, Will. They light up the walkway. Are they lights? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have two water fountains in that range. There's well, also no spout, that. right? So, Okay. Well, it's fine, though. So what do you think it is? What? Uh, a way to clear his head. Go for a walk? Uh, you're close. Yeah. It's just going outside. Yeah, yeah, go for That's a walk it. outside. No, it's pretty straightforward. It's Listen, going outside. he's not wrong. It sounds stupid. Sometimes it's great. The, sometimes the best advice is the simplest and it yeah. sounds stupid when you say it, mm-hmm. but if you've ever just gone for a walk, like especially in a moment where you're particularly frustrated or fatigued or aggravated, and you can go for a walk and it can, can, can completely change everything. Now, I understand not everyone has Tim Cook's environment. A walk might look different depending on where you are in the world and what, uh-huh. you, know, what you have access to. It might be a little more crowded or something, but uh, ultimately we are... We're animals. Uh, that sounds crazy to say, Will. We're, we're animals, and the headset ain't going to cure you. The uh-huh. headset has its limitations. Uh-huh. If you're looking for a way to clear your head, just take a step outside. At least that's what Apple CEO Tim Cook does. A 62-year-old manages one of the uh, world's largest tech companies. We're aware of this. He did an interview recently with GQ, and he said going for a walk, it's a palate cleanser for the mind. It's better than any other thing you can possibly do. The outdoors were always accessible there. Other than some infrequent snowstorm or something, I always think about hiking and the things that really settle my mind when I'm here at work. Getting outside in the Bay Area's tech bubble helps. You can you can hike so many different places. It's almost a sin not to go out and enjoy it. So he is talking specifically about his direct environment. However, honestly, Will, you can... I got to imagine that going outside in most places in the world, going outside for a, a limited amount of time, breaking up the day, yeah, probably a positive thing. Uh, in fact, doctors are increasingly prescribing nature walks. Uh-huh. 
for mental health and so on. And e or even around here, we're kind of spoiled as well. There's like many nice places you can go. Yeah, even just a walk around the neighborhood, I think clears the mind and puts the mind at like a break. If absolutely. you're just working inside all day. Oh, absolutely. Especially more people working from home and actually yeah. being able to kind of spend the entire day indoors. Probably that's a little bit terrifying. So I agree prospect. with Tim Cook. It's great advice. This is what you agree with him on. Yes. But the nature does take it to another level. Oh, yeah. That. If you, if you sure. find the nature, then it's... A couple good hikes. It's a different yeah. level to it. Apple might be getting into VR at the worst possible time. Sales of high-end VR headsets are reportedly low, meaning Apple's rumored device might be entering a really tough market. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the market has always been tough. It's never been mm -hmm. what everybody had hoped for or thought was going to possibly happen. Maybe Oculus, like the first one and two, might have been a nice breakout, but it's always going down downhill. Yeah, it feels that way. And Oculus, I feel like VR peak is kind of around the time that Meta or Facebook bought Oculus. It's like, oh, whoa, something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen. And then maybe there's a, there was like a Beat Saber moment. And then there was like a Half-Life 2 moment. There's been moments. Yes. But it has not been sustained. And I, I have young, uh, I have kids, and they think it's cool, but it's just, like I told you the last time we talked about it, it isn't that killer uh, gadget. It isn't that, there isn't that killer app that they all have to have or talk about. And I know you're saying, well, what age is this? But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like with a lot of other trends, I hear from them and they're like, this is the cool thing and I got to have it. And it's just not happening over here with the next generation. They're just not that compelled. And I'm talking at scale. I'm not saying that those people don't exist. I'm saying just sort of general public PlayStation level of interest and intrigue, iPhone level of interest and intrigue. Mm -hmm. um, if they're not to say they aren't into gaming, PC gaming, console gaming, but you're right. How do they break out? And I think it might be like a chicken and egg situation where you need the apps to make a great headset and vice versa to get more people into it. It's like a snowball effect, but that hasn't happened yet. It's also so labor intensive to make good stuff for VR. Uh huh. Like how long was that Half-Life project going on for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quite a while. And it was a great game. No, no, but... but there is ROI, ROI. For a while, yeah. Sony has cut its 2023 production plan for the PSVR 2 by about 20%. The product lifecycle shipment for Meta's Quest Pro is only around 300,000 units. Pico, which is China's largest AR and VR headset brand, shipments in 2022 were more than 40% lower than expected. So down, down, and down. And uh, by the way, that Pico company is owned by ByteDance. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is interesting. There's another big issue here, which is cost. Cost and the current economy. Mm -hmm. Even if people were super excited about VR and wanted to get into it, like the v PSVR 2 is the price of a console, basically. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn close. And uh, obviously, Meta has the cheaper headset, but it's a standalone thing that has its limitations and it's still what is it 400 bucks yeah around there 300 three to 400 yeah. i mean we're talking canadian versus usd and whatever else 
So Quest Pro, you have it like fifteen hundred. Apple's rumored headset like three thousand. Yeah. It's just these numbers I don't think are the most approachable for a device that's perceived as pretty much entertainment at this point and doesn't have the versatility of something like a gaming PC, which is also your work PC, which is also your school PC, which is also... And even there, it's it can be tough for some to justify. But I think when we're spending money, a lot of money on tech, we like versatility. We like devices that do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And then it's easier to justify. Yeah, entertainment's one thing, but it has to be productive as well. It's a nice bonus like when a it laptop can... laptop or a tablet. does more than one thing. Yeah. So even even when you look at uh, an entertainment device like a PlayStation, it also serves as a multimedia hub for a number of other things. And then that's helpful. I know Meta kind of did that. They kind of achieved that with Quest 2 or with the... Wait, what is the one, the current one called? Is it the Quest 2? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. They kind of achieved that with Quest 2, but it's still not... Uh, the default de facto device for a lot of people it's definitely not a go-to and i feel for apple i feel like it's gonna be a a real battle to actually have everyone accept their headset device so uh okay did you see this story before i put it in there because i also put it in but i was just curious if if you were also going to talk about it I didn't read too much into it. You didn't read too much into it. Okay, well, it's a weird story that might be nothing, Mm -hmm. might be something, probably nothing. But you would go into, like, some other conspiracy. Well, that's that's not not just me. Like, I think that's why it's making rounds. Yeah, that's why it's here. Apple has included Bitcoin white paper in every version of macOS since 2018. Okay, so you're immediately your conspiratorial... Spidey sense is just going, it's pinging right now because you're like, what are you trying to tell us, Apple? Why would you do that? The baffling discovery was recently made by developer and Waxy.org writer Andy Bao, who stumbled upon a PDF document while trying to fix a problem with his printer. Basically, he went into a kind of like scanner, virtual scanner.app and found that the sample document for that app happened to be this white paper. Okay. You can go check for this yourself. If you're running macOS 10.14 or later, it's a 184 kilo, kilobit, kilobyte, sorry, Bitcoin PDF, and it will immediately open in preview if you type this particular line into terminal over here. Is that right? Yeah, there you go. That command... I mean, I'm not going to read it out, but you'd have to copy and paste that particular command. You can also just go to Finder and navigate to it in a resources folder. Can you uh, just search for simple doc.pdf? Probably. I mean... In Finder? Yeah. There's, listen. Uh, no, because it's hidden. Because it's hidden by it's default. hidden. Yeah. Bao found that in the macOS image capture utility, the Bitcoin white paper is used as a sample document for a device called Virtual Scanner 2 which may or may not power Apple's import from iPhone feature and is either hidden or not installed for everyone by default. So it's not the most, like, glaring inclusion. Now, here is the speculation or here are the possible reasons why it's there. Reason one, Apple and Tim Cook are Bitcoin maximalists and they're sending you a secret message. Okay, there's your first option. Okay. 
Option two, completely random, who cares, nice little troll, bit of a joke. Option number three, you have a particular programmer at Apple who's hidden this in there, who happens to be a Bitcoin maximalist themselves or a jokester themselves and has done this without authorization. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, what is the last? There is no last one. That's it. It's one of those three things. I, if I was a betting man, just based on what I've read to this point, which isn't an absolute ton, it's a couple different articles, is uh, is that it's just a, a rogue individual that put that in there because well, what's funny is i think it was originally found by an apple employee sorry scroll up just a little bit i just want to make sure i read that correctly bow later discovered that he wasn't the first person to find the bitcoin document or the virtual scanner too after looking back having discovered it himself he saw an apple community post from 2021 uh, in, in addition to a photo taken of a sign at san francisco Bay's treasure island after designer joshua dickens unearthed them in 2020 I, look look I don't know. It's interesting. It's kind of funny. It's kind of cool. Take from, don't take too much from it. This is not financial advice. Okay. By any means. Uh, burglars cut a hole in a wall of a coffee shop, coffee store bathroom to break into Apple's store and take 500,000 in items. Police in Washington say more than 430 iPhones were stolen. Are you telling me that there's an Apple store attached to a convenience store? Oh, oh, sorry. That's a separate video up there, 7-Eleven. Yeah. Police in Washington say, say crafty burglars got away with hundreds of thousands of dollars of Apple merchandise at a mall when they cut through the wall of the adjacent store and stuck in. The Linwood Police Department said thieves stole more than 400 items worth about 500,000 total. It's not hard to add up to 500,000 once you're in the Apple store. Uh-huh. There's a high value items in there. The incident happened after 7 p.m. Sunday. While the mall was closed, the owner of the espresso machine store said he has not seen anything like it in the five years the store's been in business. Well, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a fairly uh, frequent thing. So here you can see the hole in the bathroom all the way through a couple layers of drywall. Not the biggest hole, actually, but enough for a person to fit through in between sure. probably wherever the studs happen to be, rip out the insulation, Boom, you're in the Apple store. I mean, I assume at that point you're still going to be setting off a motion alarm. That's a good question. Because to take out 450 iPhones? Yeah, you're going in and out. Um, would that take a while? That might take a while, right? That's going to take a while. Twenty. The, the hole is 24 by 18. And it, it oh, it takes you into the back room of the Apple store. It is an inside job. You think so? Eh? No, I'm just I, I <laughs> Allegedly. I know nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing there's no cameras there. The Apple yeah. Store's employees had no idea the merchandise had been stolen until they arrived for work the next day. I have my questions, Will. You have to know that that bathroom is going to, where it's going to take you. Approximately 436 iPhones in total were taken from the back. Communications manager Marin McKay told Fox News Digital in a statement. The crime appeared to be organized and sophisticated in operation. Organized. Wouldn't you just need like a layout of the mall plans? And then just figured like, okay, this is okay, where sure. the steel beams are. And then no, no, gonna... that's fine. But how do you know the 436 iPhones, their location within the Apple store it in the back room? It would have to be yeah, specific to the building plans of Apple in the mall. Mm -hmm. To know where the back rooms are. 
Yeah, right. but but again, the back room is not enough. You have to be on the other side of the cage. You have to be. You would need to know the internal. You would need to know a lot about the Apple Store. Yeah. Or yeah. you would need to Starting get to get to somebody who knows a lot about the app. You don't need the plans if you've just toured back there. If you've been back there once, or you talk to somebody who's been back there once, that's good enough. Sure, There's your yeah, plans. Yeah. They go, it's in the back over here to the left on the left side of the store. And then you go, oh, let me go to the coffee shop or the coffee uh, grinder store, whatever the hell it was, next door and see what's at the back right. Oh, look at that. It's a bathroom. Bingo. <laughs> Let's go. We're in there. And, and, and maybe also you would like to know whatever type of security exists in that particular region, region as well. And as you mentioned, if you get away with 436 iPhones, you're going to be in a situation where you know you're going to have enough time to do so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So therefore, you probably know something about the anti-theft setup in that region as well, as far as alarms go and everything else. So sophisticated. Well, I think that's where the word organized and sophisticated comes in. And yeah. I think the manager there might be sending some signals without saying it. Or the Linwood Police Department communications manager might be sending some signals without saying it. Well, mm -hmm. but myself, I'm just, I'm just talking. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, just, uh, I'm just thinking and talking and pontificating and that's it. All right. Everything is alleged. Yeah. Tesla spotted testing Cybertruck suspension on a test track. So far, it looked nice and floaty. Mo is there. There he is. Did you want to? Because you really you timed that up. He helped me with the set today. So, so did you? Out, you wanted to? You wanted to, Mo? Look at this. Kind of a cool. Uh, I think so. Mo just wanted to say. What did you want to say? What was that? What what was that? Hey guys, how do you like the new set? <laughs> this yeah. doesn't qualify as a new set. I think it does. There was a table here. There's a chair here. The exact new, same it's location. It's a new set. No, Come this on, is a no. new set. Luke. Don't get crazy with the word "set" around here. We right? worked hard on the new. This set. is not film school. You understand? <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. He scratched. Right. The He's beard. like, okay. Scratched the beard. All right, enough already. See you later. Uh, doesn't like spring, by the way. When they showed off the last clip of this Tesla driving around. Yeah, super nimble. It just seemed floaty and capable, and it seemed to kind of, I don't know, I liked it. It got me excited about it. Because mm -hmm. it just looked, it looked to be more responsive than you might think for a vehicle of that stature. Yeah. And now you have... Uh, some new, what looks like drone footage showcasing some suspension testing over there in Fremont on the track. <laughs> what, what's it going over there? Some bumps. Yeah, it's a test track. Yeah. Just for uh, consistency. Cool. This is, the, this is your usual drone, Tesla drone footage. Uh-huh. Just uh -huh. chilling over top of Fremont there. Guy spins back around. He goes to, look at him flying. Actually, he goes back. Says, "Let's do this." There's all types of different textures and speed bumps and different things to test the suspension out. He's gonna back up and take another crack at it, maybe on the other side. The drone. They say the max <laughs> MPH is invasive. eight. It's eight for those 
speed bumps over there. Yeah, Will, imagine you're this test driver and that drone's just... Like, oh. Just... Boom. Boom. You think he's going eight miles an hour? Nice suspension. Cool. It's lovely. Yeah. So you like it. It's great. You like it now. It's great. I like it now. Yeah, I want to test drive this. I like it now, Will. I, th I Listen, I... What can I say? I go back and forth, but I, I was pissed about the wheels. They figured that out. Uh -huh. They went closer to the thing. I was pissed about the mirrors. They look better. Like I, everything I was pissed about is starting to take shape now closer to the concept. Uh-huh. So, so it was premature. It is, it is smaller than what they showed off because you got to fit it places. But what looks smaller on a drone footage or whatever other footage you know, in real life, it's going to have scale to it. Mm -hmm. In real life, it's going to be imposing. And it's just so different that you can't help but be interested. Yeah, this is such an odd-shaped vehicle. It is going to get all smudged up. You know that. You got to be cool with that. It's going to get all... Like, that. there's going to be imperfections and things. Having just the exposed steel. steel. Yeah. But that's all right, man. Maybe that's just what it is. The black, The black roof, the glass roof looks better. This one has the cover on the back there, which you get a good look at from the top. Probably motorized. Yeah, it's looking pretty healthy. It looks super long compared to the Y. Well, it's a yeah. truck. It's a truck, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gonna the dimensions are gonna end up very similar to F one fifty or something like that. This drone is just <laughs> invasive, man. They're used to it at this point. Yeah. It's a long vehicle compared to Y. Just like, flies right over it. I mean, Imagine it's not it really crashes. that long. If you've ever had a truck, mm -hmm. thanks all. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Look at this channel. Cool. Met God in Wilderness. Wow. Okay. It keeps looking better, man. The radius and stuff, the turning radius, it keeps looking better every time we see it. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, this is great. I saw this piece of content. I, I was... knew this would be for you. I loved... Wait. You picked this? I didn't pick Oh, okay. But, but when I, you saw it, you were like, yeah. oh, he likes this weird Because you're into tires. Well, I'm not really into tires, yeah, but I just, are. I like the things, I like things that are a big deal that people don't notice as a big deal. Like that, it, oh, wow, that's actually a big deal. Mm -hmm. Tires are one of those things. And it's one of those ones where you would go to buy it and they'd be like, hey, I got these other tires. They're 50 bucks less. And a lot of people would be like, okay, yeah, cool. Give me those tires. But in reality, it's like a, it is. Not, this might be the area to spend a little bit of money. Is actually your tires, mm -hmm. and this. Uh, and uh, here we have an article on Motor One, but they're referencing a video that was posted. So just scroll down to the link for the video. It was uh, on tire reviews. Uh, where is the link to the video? There you go. The source via YouTube. You can click down on the bottom there. Yep. What this one? No tire reviews right there. Oh, tire there you reviews. go. Yeah. What? Get out of here. Click YouTube then. Screw off. There you go. You got it. All right. So here's the guy's video. And the title of the video, Are Cheap Tires Finally Good Enough to Use? So it, it seems that the, the thinking here is that cheap tires have gotten a lot better. And the question is, are we finally at a point where a cheap tire is actually worth looking at? And so in this particular test, just pause it for a second right here. Uh, wet braking demonstration from 100 kilometers an hour to zero or i guess that's 62 miles an hour whatever around 60 miles an hour to zero 
So you're on the highway. This is like a, a typical highway speed. And all of a sudden you need to brake and it's wet out. This happens. This is going to happen to you as a driver. Sure. Guaranteed. Now the question is, what happens when you need to slam on that brake? And so the first tire he tests is the Continental Premium Contact 7. And this will be the baseline tire. And I think he actually references the cost as well. So just scroll back a little bit and just click play. Scroll back even more. Even more. Okay, and they start playing from here. And you can play the audio too. Oh, there, there's the price. 86, 86. The target. Point one nine. I've given it a car length grace. Is that euros? Or is that British pounds? 62 miles an hour. And then just jump on the brakes and see how close we get. Boom. Slams the brake. And then the guy made of foam. Great success. Doesn't die. There's a lot of space there. I'm actually nervous about this. Next, we move to a reference budget tire, which is 50. If you're an American buffer zone from where the Okay, you can you can uh, cut the audio now. It's a bit crackly or something yeah. weird going on there. I don't know if it's his or us, but anyway, so you go from 86 to 50. So that's 36 pounds difference, and it doesn't break at all. Demolishes the dummy and now it's probably not going to be a dummy when you're on the freeway but that's the back of somebody's car yeah <laughs> when you need to slam on the brakes so your car's totaled their car's totaled and you saved 30 30 bucks a, a tire huh what the hell like insurance companies should be just paying for premium tires mm -hmm. this is so not worth it it's so obviously not worth it so there isn't, it's just the budget tire? There's no, 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 company? no, no, there's, there's a number of different ones which are tested, but he just kind of starts out with the thesis of, he's not going to give it away right at the very beginning. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He's showing the biggest gap mm -hmm. that you have a, 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 I just need, is that simple British pounds? It is, right? And the difference is what, 30 bucks? Okay, well. Well, thir or 30 British pounds. I can't... Currency. Ah! Can, a British pound symbol. <laughs> like, geez, I don't know. It, it must be, right? One British pound, by the way, is a dollar sixty-eight Canadian. Okay. So, I guess this... What I'm trying to suggest is that this difference is actually more. But those are euros, by the way. That's not British pound symbol. Okay. So, that's even even closer but so so let's just say thirty bucks difference per tire, mm. and all of, but all of a sudden you're not smashing into the car in front of you in the wet. Yeah. What do you say? Well, should 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 is this a place to save the money or no? Yeah, it, based on this uh, scenario, for sure. Yeah. Is there any other scenarios? What other scenarios? So there's turning and handling in the, oh, okay. but mostly like this, ex, you get exposed in the wet or in the snow, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can see here's the wet breaking and all there, there you have the worst to the best. One of them gets kind of close, but seriously not because if you think about it, if the better tire, the Continental Premium Contact 7 stops even seven meters before the next budget one, seven meters is a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a ton. So I just it doesn't make any sense. Just get a get a good tire. Like I I don't know what else to say about it. For the cost difference, it's not enough of a difference. This is like safety, life. Sure. 
uh, or even just cost, mm-hmm. eventual cost. If the the crash happens, insurance company or premiums or 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 even uh, even worse costs, like a, a human standing there, mm-hmm. the cost of life. This yeah, is such a huge, huge, huge gap. Yeah. Wet breaking. Thir- uh, the worst case scenario is 46 meters instead of 30. Mm. Well, why are you not excited about this? Well, yeah, I would. I just wish that there was like a, a full list of all the tires. Because these tires are, you know, selected for this test. Whereas like uh, Michelin or Pirelli or something. No, those are premium brands. The oh, point, those are premium? Yeah, the well, point, I want to know what's the premium. premium. Those are comparable, right? That's why he put are the con- comparable. That's why he picked the Continental. In okay. this case, he's looking at the budget brands. That's the point. And the purpose of the premium. So the gray area is the budget brands. Yeah, the, where the premiums are like pretty reliable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why he has Tomcat, Nankang, Devante, Windrun, Max, Trek, Triangle, King double coin like he he's basically saying is there a budget brand that you haven't heard of that isn't continental it's not toyo it's not and that is actually competing and comparable and you're saving the money and uh-huh. if you look at wet breaking as your test that's not the case that's why he put in like every budget brand that's there right try to see yeah i i i feel you i get it i'm excited um this is not for me. I usually go for like the the more well-known brands, but someone would probably find this pretty useful. You know, if they want to save for a couple bucks, at least they would know the best one out of saving hmm. that much. That's fair. You know? <laughs> that's, that's a way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a byline there. All right. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Google's going to require that Android apps let you delete your account and data. You might not have to worry about leaving sensitive info at risk. Google will require Android apps to let you delete your account and data. Ah, I see. So if you want to be in the app store, you're going to have to have... There's a provision that says that they, that this this data needs to be easily deletable. Google wants to make it easy to scrub an app account as it is to create one. The company has announced that Android apps on the Play Store will soon have to let you delete an account and its data both inside the app and on the web. Developers will also have to wipe data for an account when users ask to delete the account entirely. The move is meant to better educate users on the control they have over their data and to foster trust in both apps and the Play Store at large. It also provides more flexibility. You can delete certain data, such as your uploaded content, without having to completely erase your account. Like, how many people delete their data? I mean, that stuff is just floating and flying around. And can, I mean, depending on where it went, can you really, truly, completely delete it? That remains to be seen. But... I suppose that any any version of it is better than no version of it. The policy is taking effect in stages. Creators of apps, that is, have until December 7th to answer questions about data deletion in their apps. Safety form, store listings will start showing the changes in early 2024, and developers can file for an extension until May 31st. So that they're going to have to bake it into their apps, or I suppose risk removal from the App Store in general, the Play mm-hmm. Store, which... They're not going to want to be removed. So I wish there was an automatic way, but 
Like there's a, just a certain amount of time that your data can live, period, and then it's deleted. Uh-huh. If it, if it goes unused for a, a long enough time. I, I had that happen to me recently around, I think, Google Photos. Uh, it was location data of Google Photos. Mm. And it said, if you disable this now, you will lose X amount of history of all location data and you won't be able to regain it. And I was like, ooh, that seems real. Google's like, don't do it. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I We're all so... Um, ill-informed on this topic like okay you delete something is it when and where yeah, is it like, deleted yeah. uh -huh. remember when linus's channel got hacked and then and it's like oh they deleted no they didn't delete anything nothing is deleted now i understand that's a different case but yeah, youtube still has the backup you delete a video on youtube it's not deleted uh -huh. to, to the public it's deleted you may not see it in your video manager i presume they have their own policy around how long they hang on to that copy until it's actually deleted deleted mm -hmm. i'd be curious to know yeah india says it won't regulate ai after all well i suppose that's for now things could always change the country's ministry of electronics says it is not considering bringing a law or regulating the growth of artificial intelligence in the country I wonder if they'd change their tune if the, like, lead developer of AI products was from China. Then they might change. All of a sudden, they'd be like, hey, that smells like bite dance. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they did with TikTok. India's planted its flag in the sand of the global artificial intelligence race on Tuesday. As a major agency said, the government has no plans to regulate the technology. The bold proclamation comes just one week after more than 500 AI experts signed an open letter urging AI labs to pause development of new GPT-4-style large language models amid increased security of the tech by lawmakers. Do they mean scrutiny? Increased security of the tech. Anyway. Definitely increased scrutiny, which may lead to increased security. Lawmakers in Europe, uh, specifically Italy, have banned essentially banned open AI products or chat GPT at the moment. Germany might be next. Germany might be next. In a statement on Tuesday, India's Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology acknowledged numerous ethical concerns around bias and transparency that could arise with AI's rapid expansion, but explicitly said the Indian government is not considering bringing a law or regulating the growth. See, the issue with regulating the growth or bringing laws is that you might slow down the pace. And you might be sitting there saying, well, so what? Go ahead, slow down the pace. Stuff is freaky. Well, the fear being, and this is what I, I presume governments would be talking about internally, is if they don't have a plan and if they're not actively participating, then who's getting ahead? Yeah. Maybe there's, they have something homegrown that they're working on. Who? Maybe like the government and some sort of AI team or something. That's why they don't want it banned just yet. I don't know about that. That could also be a means to ban it. Because you could then have the competitive edge for your own government product. I'm say, I'm suggesting that innovation in this case might, future innovation might be tied to these tools and these tools' ability to increase productivity mm -hmm. and advance whatever. And so, if you if you ban it, you take away those tools, you take away those exposure points. 
and then you may limit your competitiveness in the future. Mm-hmm. In the case of banning was the opposite effect. They go, okay, we're going to ban TikTok, but here's seven other homegrown versions you can have. The banning then acting as the feeder for the other projects. Yeah. So in this case, it's actually the flip where if you were to ban it, I don't know, take China, for example, they say no open AI, but here's the Baidu version. Mm-hmm. Ernie. Here's your Ernie to deal with. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's kind of like a wait and see approach. I think there's a lot of, there is some level of apprehension, but also, and I've I read something similar about the U.S. where it's, they're sitting there saying, well, we don't know yet and it might be risky to shut the thing down because other nations, the cat's out of the bag and other nations are going to be rapidly developing in this area and possibly benefiting from a wide variety of uses that we can't even predict at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, Someone's going to keep growing this AI project. Someone somewhere. Uh-huh. Many workers are willing to take a pay cut to work remotely, according to the survey. I believe that. People don't, people don't want to move. Come on, Will. Yeah. Americans have grown so fond of working from home that many are willing to sacrifice pay for the privilege of skipping the office. Well, it's important to note there are other aspects here, like commuting and costs and... Mm-hmm. In some of these places, these big employers, they tend to be in really prime real estate. And then that prime real estate comes comes along with prime real estate costs for their employees who need to be relatively nearby. Mm-hmm. So working remotely meant, oh, everybody can spread out and get more for their money. And all of a sudden they're in Idaho on a ranch working from home. Mm-hmm. And they got used to it or whatever. I'm using one particular example. I think you're not far off. Well, in that, in, that, in that scenario, you can understand why you would take a pay cut because you'd be sitting there saying, okay, you can pay me all this money, but if I need to come into the office, that money's gone because now I need to be close enough to that office where my real estate costs went way up. Mm-hmm. And like my cost per square foot went way up. Or even just commuting, uh, you know, taking the time to take the subway or something. The headache or the cost? Both. Both. Yeah. So found a recent survey by recruiting firm Robert Half, which polled thousands of U.S. employees and hiring managers about their attitudes towards remote work. Some workers said they're willing to take a pay cut with an average reduction of 18% to remain fully remote. Overall, roughly one in three workers who go into the office at least one day a week said they were willing to earn less for the opportunity to work remotely. Uh, They surveyed 2,500 U.S. workers and 2,100 hiring managers in November. Um, These preferences, the issue with these preferences is what's going on right now inside of large firms is that they're kind of spitting the obvious or the opposite, sorry. Yeah. They're saying, please come here and visit. And people are saying, no. Pay me 18% less so I don't have to see you. Uh-huh. What if it's the opposite of paying 18% more to go to work? Would yeah. Would that help? I guess. Ah, Probably not. Probably people probably would not, still man. work from home. But there's no incentive right now for that. Maybe if they... Well, the incentive, the, the incentive right now is or get fired. That's what the, uh-huh. more the way uh-huh. that they're actually doing it is they're saying... The ultimatum. They're saying reapply. Well, we've already talked about it with other companies. They're saying reapply for your jobs or find another job internally. They're, the, the, the companies are trying to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. But 
my impression is that it's not really changing all that rapidly and that people aren't scrambling to get back. And I had another article, which I'm not sure you included, but maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, about vacancy rates, commercial real estate, mm. and how that kind of works as your evidence to showcase how, like, no, people are not physically back and they physically don't want to be back. Yeah, it almost, like, COVID was the reason for this. And now I feel like COVID has been gone for such a long time. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's still remote work. You know, people are not just going back to work. It's like, this well, is the after The effect. remote work thing was happening before COVID. It then accelerated massively. And, in, and the intensity, like, you may have had sort of partial remote remote work at one time and they're not going to work at all it was like a bonus people were like oh that's pretty cool i got and then it turned into all the time for everybody all at once Mm -hmm. and it was and then it was that was a tough faucet to turn off Mm -hmm. yeah uh will playstation q light handhold be a switch rival or something what PlayStation Q Lite handheld. They're saying it like it's coming for sure. Is this a real thing that's happening? No. Oh. I don't think so. Not yet. It's still speculation. Looks really cool. Sony reportedly has a new gaming handheld in development. But what is it? PS Vita 2? No. Nowadays, they could do something sick. There's a lot of potential here. Especially with renewed interest, the popularity of the Switch brand, uh, the Steam Deck. We talked recently about that ROG device. Mm-hmm processing power and um, advances in hardware are now allowing for these previously unfathomable devices that are kind of close to uh, challenging in terms of performance, much bigger devices from yesteryear where you would have needed a dedicated uh, PC or game console. You can kind of do a lot of those things now on a handheld. Yeah. Beyond just like mobile like smartphone gaming. That's right. Just actually with like maybe a dedicated CPU or, you know, a GPU in there. Um, or even leaning more so on the game streaming services, which are now becoming more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Four years four years after Sony officially killed off its PS Vita handheld console, it is reported to have a new portable gaming device in development codenamed the PlayStation Q Lite. It is said to be coming in the summer of 2024 to have an 8-inch 1080p 60Hz LCD screen. Uh, owners of an Android handset or iPhone can already turn their device into a PS5 via remote play with plenty of attachable controllers to complete the experience. However, the Q-Lite is said to come with some of the features of a DualSense controller to make portable play as close to local as possible. And that's really the big difference is ergonomics. Yeah. Once you get want to get in-depth in the game, you kind of need some controls. Uh, for a lot of a lot of titles, I yeah, mean, you can see in this 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 is like a render, and they're showing God of War. Like you don't want to play God of War on your phone. Uh, no. But if you're you know you're on the toilet or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, like you want controls. Oh yeah, I mean this is not a phone. PlayStation has some killer controls, like the adaptive triggers. Mm-hmm. Like they're awesome. So. If they make like a dedicated controller like handheld. I didn't mean handheld. I meant phone. Like I don't want to play God of War on this phone right now. I don't, oh. My hands are all cramped up. I'm not having a good experience. Right, right. 
So you want controllers. Which is what this is. There, it's not like a like a switch situation where it has the screen as well. No, 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 no. <laughs> what are you talking about here? The point that I was trying to make is that they have the inventory of software designed for mechanical inputs, designed for joysticks, buttons, triggers, and so forth. Yeah. Your phone will never be that without attachments. Oh, yeah, definitely not. So there's a hardware opportunity for this for a company like Sony to bridge that gap. We want portability. Yeah. We want something, as you mentioned, you said you want to take on the toilet. That's fine. But it's not your phone. It's better than your phone. Mm -hmm. It's not interchangeable with a phone. The types of games you want to play on your phone are different than the types of games you want to play on a handheld that has a mechanical input, not sure. just a touch. For screen. sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's why there's been success around this variety of other devices that has aimed to bridge that gap. They're saying, okay, fine, your phone or tablet has all this horsepower in it, but then what does your input look like? And is it comfortable? Can you hold it for hours on end? Is your hand cramping up or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And so, and even in this case, if they did do this concept, I'm sure it would be kind of like a switch where you could have an external controller where you could hook it up to a TV. I don't know how they would mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. They probably wouldn't want to fully cannibalize their actual dedicated console. Mm. But I have to assume they would need to be competitive with things like the Switch and the Steam Deck and those have a comprehensive feature set. Yeah, I could totally see it. With the right controls and hardware. Be very cool. Very cool. Texas Dad says a glitch in Find My iPhone app directs angry strangers to his home. <laughs> that sucks. No. I uh, have had my own experience with weird Find My AirTag, this and that. Mm -hmm. And so I believe it. It can get wonky at times. A, a supposed glitch in the Found My iPhone app has been directing random strangers to the home of, home of an unsuspecting Texas dad at all hours of the day, falsely accusing him of stealing their electronic device. He says he's been visited by close to a dozen irate people over the past few years telling him that their missing phone had been pin, pinged at his address. I had to wake up and go answer the door and explain to them that I didn't have their device and people don't tend to believe you. This is brutal. You, because, and I'm not saying like, okay, it's obviously a headache to go and, you know, have a stranger at your door. But it's also dangerous. If people think you stole their thing, they're not coming in there in a pleasant way. Yeah, he mentions that because he has kids. And all hours of the night. I mean, this doesn't happen often. It's like once every couple of months. Hmm. But that's even more than enough to be spooked living in your own home. I lost my cell phone and I click find my iPhone and it says it was at, a, at this address. That's what the guests keep saying. Yeah. Nearly a dozen strangers and it is this particular house. I mean, I, I presume maybe even his neighbors, they might knock on his door. But I, it's really weird. It, uh, some way in which these things interact with these towers and so on, mm -hmm. it can kind of put it in the wrong place at times. Schuster, who is a software engineer, believes that some kind of mistake in Apple's app is to blame for all the confusion. He's worried it could put his life at risk. I agree. It could. Someone could come there ready to throw down. And it's in Texas. And just be, yeah, armed. Yeah. And just be like, give me my phone back. And he's like, I didn't take your phone. 
but they got to believe him at that moment. How? So, like, how does he prove it? Well, Apple needs to get this sorted out ASAP, man. That's oh. that's a really brutal scenario. Mm -hmm. They got to get this uh, sorted out. Oh, it looks like he reached out to them. He tried. Yeah. But Apple support is not uh, helping. Yeah. Him here's, here's the statement via Apple support. Find my... Sadly, we can't make a case to get you to our other team to check into this. Find My is always an estimated location based on many factors. It does seem strange so many lost devices show your exact location. If you're not finding lost devices and bringing them home and powering them on to get your home, your home Wi-Fi location, then provide the info. I, I guess they want more info from him. Anyway, hopefully they get it sorted out. That's an ugly scenario. No good. Good luck. No good. Diddy confirms he pays Sting $5,000 per day for uncleared song, song sample. That must, yeah, I'll be missing you. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that headline. That's a heavy sample, dude. You owe Sting 5000 now. I do, right? Yeah, yeah. That was uncanny. Very recognizable. What every, every, why am I forgetting this lyric right now? Every single day, every time I pray, I'll every be, breath I take. I don't know if breath I take actually goes in there. Can we get a? Let's get a uh, some I, lyrics real quick. Okay, lyrics. Every time I pray, I'll be. It's also like watching you, Missy. Okay, here, go down, go down, go down. Wow, this is uh, not from Sting. This is Faith Evans and Diddy. Yeah, that's what you typed in. Oh. What what's the original song? What's that one called? I believe it's Every, every breath, breath You Take. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so every step I take, every move I make, every single day, every time I pray, I'll be missing you. Thinking of the day when you went away, what a life to take, what a bond to break, I'll be missing you. So that's okay. the sample. Every step I take, every move I make, I'll be Stop yeah. singing. Okay. Owe him again. So uh, listen, it's ten. I'm up to fifteen thousand dollars now. Uh -huh, yeah. Diddy is keeping Sting's bills paid. The rapper who sampled Sting's 1983 single "Every Breath You Take" in his '97 single "I'll Be Missing You," which was like the biggest hit track in '97. I can't even tell you. So I would have been 12 years old in '97 and still listening to the radio. And it this song was every fourth song mm -hmm. after uh, the death yeah. of Notorious. Man. It became a hit. However, the rapper only asked Sting's permission for the sample after the song was released. Diddy and Sting have both addressed the situation previously, and in a 2018 interview with The Breakfast Club, Sting said he receives $2,000 a day from Diddy. A clip from the interview resurfaced on Twitter this week, and Diddy responded, Nope, 5 k a day. Love to my brother, official Sting. Wow. Play They're the, still good friends. Play the clip here. Or can you play the clip? God, I don't know any. It's a short clip. I think you can play it. Give me some audio. Yeah. Wow. For the rest of his life. Wow. No, that's a lot. <laughs> no I read that before. That is a... That's wow. not true, is it? <laughs> but did he ask you for permission? Yes, he did. After the fact. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. It was after. We're very good friends now. Is it true? Is it true that Diddy has to pay you two grand a day because he didn't ask permission to sample? Wow. Two grand a day. Well, they said two grand, and now he says it's actually five, five grand. grand. Inflation, Will. Okay, yeah. 
But it is, it is crazy because you also can't hear the song without it. You kind of need that. It's so important. For sure. So it's like, it's probably worth it. It's, it's a portion of his profits, but it also showcases how incredibly popular the I'll Be Missing You song is. And how well they both take it. Well, he's not he, offended. He's going to pay did five he, grand a day. <laughs> Diddy's did he, did not outraged about paying. It's business. Like, it's just business. Yeah. They're both getting it's good paid. business. They're both getting paid. Yeah. yeah. So good on them. All right, last one. Now, what if Diddy synthesized Sting's voice via AI and then said, that's actually uh, not your sample? It's actually different. That's where it gets. Dear get. God. Harry this, Potter. This my feed. Yeah, but this reason. is my stuff, though. That's I know. what I'm telling yeah, you about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying it is picking up steam. It is, yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter is now a high fashion gay? Why is he? How did they determine that? I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't know. Maybe oh. it's something that he said. No, he didn't. I watched a clip a you thousand times. This one. I don't oh, think okay. he said anything. Video that has taken over the internet. Well, I don't know. Let me read why they perceived that it, it, it somehow made him gay. I'm not sure. It appears that Hogwarts has traded in the wizardry and witchcraft for couture and fierce runway pose. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Maybe he is gay. I don't... Uh, no. Is there evidence that he is or isn't? I don't think so. He marries... Oh, okay. Like, spoiler, he marries a woman. Okay, so I don't know. Deep fake video, Harry Potter by Balenciaga AI technology to make Harry and Voldemort and whatever else. Yeah, play some of it. Oh, man. No, it's it's amazing stuff. Like, I'm hugely into it. Why do they have to always use this song, though? <laughs> it's because it's Balenciaga. Like, you, doesn't that sound like Balenciaga to you? It does, yeah. It does. So it sounds it, like Runway. It sounds like... A commercial that they would uh, approve. So it's on. It's an ongoing meme right now. Mid Journey, AI art, and it's an ongoing meme. And it's not just Harry Potter. It's not just them. Yeah. So just like we talked about on the previous episode, there's like uh, no, uh, sort of spinoffs. You have uh, Zoolander. You have Breaking Bad. You have um, there's Breaking Bad right there. There's even, I mean, even the Pope Francis one is kind of similar. It's Pope Francis, but Balenciaga. Something with fashion and uh, I did, new age. Now, the conspiracy theory that you and I talked about was whether or not Balenciaga has anything to do with it. Because they were trying to come back from that recent controversy and everything. Yeah. And you just wonder if you can plant some seeds for this and how Balenciaga interacts with AI. Yeah. Uh, here you have the Star Wars. I don't know. You want to play that one? Yeah. AI Luke and Vader and other Star Wars things. I don't know. Powerful ally. With Balenciaga's help, you can defeat the dark side. And there's like this emphasis on Balenciaga as like almost like a religion. That like Balenciaga itself will save you. That it's bigger than fashion. That it. Yeah. You will find the way once you find Balenciaga. And it's always like a voice. It's very uh, seemingly automated and obvious. Then you have the office. The meme is taken off. And I don't, again, I don't know if it's completely organic. I don't think it matters at this point because it's off to the off to the races. It's uh -huh. on the runway. Uh -huh. And it's gathering steam. Yeah. Maybe Dude, I should know more. So... Maybe there, there's probably more to it. 
and, and I'm sure there is. The more we look into it, the more we'll, we will attempt to uncover. But it's like all pop cultural things, Balenciaga, and then and then AI'd, AI'd, and combined. There's like a surreal aspect to it. <laughs> yeah, uh. it's a th- it's definitely it's definitely a thing. And it's like, it's somehow comedy, yet it's somehow not. And it's just, it's all very bizarre. Is it disturbing? I think, is listen, it unsettling? It might be unsettling. Okay. But my thing is about it, is it calculated or is it completely just Organic? people making weird connections on the internet? I don't, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know why that matters, but I'm curious about it. Yeah. Because this brand has somehow found a way to, 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 like take all these shots and and go through controversy and conspiracy and Kanye connections and I don't know what it is about this brand that keeps surfacing, keeps finding a way to surface. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever this aesthetic is, we'll keep the audience updated on this because it is interesting. Uh, I definitely have my eyes on this. <laughs> okay ever since you told me about, i was like hmm, this is so strange it, but it, also very like futuristic absolutely it has all it, these it, it has ha- a lot of elements it has techno all the pop cultural technological elements are in some way in use here mm-hmm. and social media then is also the vehicle and it's curious let's just say it's curious yeah okay Oh, is that it? That was the last story. All right. That's thank awesome. you very much to everybody who joined here today. Uh, uh, today. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for letting me sit in this chair, people, and not yelling at me too much because it was an incredibly comfortable experience. And I felt my, actually, my my mind was flowing a little bit differently given the the change. I don't know if it's temporary or if it's, uh, permanent, yeah. but my mind was behaving differently, and I like that. Okay, good. That was good. exciting. What is today, Will? Thursday. Today is Thursday. It means we have one more day, which is the best day. It is the best show. It happens on a Friday, and tomorrow is Friday. I will see all of you here live. Make sure to hit the notification so you can join us. And there may or may not be an update on uh, Harry Potter. All right. Balenciaga, Harry Potter. Who knows? Maybe we'll figure something out. Later, guys.